Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Please enjoy today's message. We are a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. You know, the title of this message is a little bit different. This was something the Lord spoke to me a couple of weeks ago. And I've been meditating on it ever since. He said, wouldn't it be wonderful if. And he was inviting me to use my imagination and ask the question, wouldn't it be wonderful if. In terms of impossible scenarios, impossible dreams. When the new year came around, I sought the Lord and I asked the Lord, what was there special for our family and for our church in 2018? What did he have in store for us? And one of the things the Lord spoke to me was 2018 will be for you the year of the impossible. And I received that. I received that for our family and I received that for this church. Amen. So along those lines, I want to take you on a journey of imagination in discussing impossible scenarios and impossible dreams that I know in my spirit God has placed in the heart of believers here today. Amen? So I suppose this message has been stirring in my spirit since the new year and it's just now coming out asking the question, wouldn't it be wonderful if? Now if you look at the slide here, the top says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And then on the bottom, it says, wouldn't it be wonderful if it's kind of like Jeopardy, you know, they give you the answer before they give you the question. You know, in this case, you've got two questions. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Which is the answer to the question? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you fill in the blank? What is something impossible in your life that you're believing for? What is the dream that you've had in your life for many, many years, but it hasn't come to pass? Wouldn't it be wonderful if? It came to pass in 2018. Amen. Because is anything too hard for the Lord? Now, that expression is found three places in the scriptures. Genesis 18, 14, Jeremiah 32, 17, and Jeremiah 32, 27. I did a word study and I found out that the word there translated as hard is actually the Hebrew word pala. And pala means hard, difficult marvelous or wonderful so you really could say when you read that scripture as we're going to do many times in the course of this message is anything too hard is anything too difficult too marvelous or too wonderful for the lord amen wouldn't it be wonderful if before we're done this morning i believe you'll be applying that question Wouldn't it be wonderful if to impossible scenarios and impossible dreams in your own life? Wouldn't it be wonderful if? Let's talk about some biblical examples to sort of set the stage. Abraham and Sarah, most of us are familiar with this story, but it's so awesome. We need to remind ourselves of the miracles of the Bible because they encourage us to believe for impossible things in our lives. Most of us are familiar with the story of Abraham and how God promised him when he was 75 years old and his wife was 65 that he would be the father 
of many nations. He even changed his name when he turned 99 from Abram, which meant exalted father, to Abraham, which meant the father of many nations. God was speaking faith over Abraham when they were believing God for that child. Amen. Hallelujah. And although Abraham made mistakes along the way and didn't do everything right, we all know that, God came through for them at a time when it seemed more impossible than when he first received the promise. Amen? How many know that to have a baby when you're 75 and 65 is impossible? But to have a baby when you're 190 is beyond impossible. And yet God waited till the 99th year of Abraham's life to say, this year, the thing you've been waiting for is going to happen. You and Sarah are going to have a baby. He waited until it was more impossible than when he first promised it to bring it to pass. Amen. So if you've got a dream that you've been holding on to for a long time and it seems impossible and you're about ready to throw in the towel, don't throw in the towel. This might be your year. Amen. Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that thing you've been holding on to for 20 or 30 years came to pass in 2018? Amen. To which the Lord would reply, is anything too hard? Is anything too difficult? Is anything too marvelous? Is any scenario too wonderful for the Lord to bring to pass? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So Abraham and Sarah, at a time when they were ready to throw in the towel and give up on their dream, God was faithful to his word. And Abraham and Sarah had a baby when he was 100 years old and she was 90. Glory to God. Think about that. Let's read Genesis 17, 15 through 19 in the New King James Version. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, You shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Let me stop right there. Just like God changed Abram's name to Abraham, he changed Sarai's name to Sarah. Sarai means princess, but Sarah means princess of the provinces. In other words, it was a name that they gave to the wife of kings. You might say that he promoted her from princess to queen and said, you're going to have uh, many children that will fill the provinces of your land. Glory to God. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Amen. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who was 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who was 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Remember, Ishmael was the thing that they did on their own. You know, Sarah hatched a plot where she convinced Abraham to sleep with her servant. And Ishmael was the result. But that wasn't working out because God said, he will not be the child of promise. 
Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. So I just want to let you know that most people remember, as we're going to read in the next chapter, that Sarah laughed at the notion of having a baby at 90 years old. But you need to know that before Sarah laughed, Abraham fell on his face and laughed. Okay, so they both laughed at the notion of having a baby at 190 years old. Genesis 18, verse 10 through 14. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. This is the second time that the Lord spoke this to him. Now, Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. A little bit of background. The Lord came. When Abraham was camped in the plains of Mamre, that means strength, underneath the oak trees of Mamre, he pitched his tent. And the Lord came with two of his angels to give him this message and to tell him, Sarah is going to have a baby. And Sarah was in the tent and overheard, and she did the same thing that Abraham did. She laughed. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard too difficult, too marvelous, or wonderful for the Lord. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Amen. Glory to God. In other words, he said, before the year is out, she's going to have a baby. So you better get ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When both Abraham and Sarah were asking the question, are we really going to have a baby at our age? And laughing at the thought of it, they should have been asking the question, wouldn't it be wonderful if God could help us have a baby at our age? Wouldn't it be wonderful if God could get our hormones flowing again so that we would be physically attracted to one another again? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we made love the way we did when we were young? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have a baby of our own together? To which God was ready to reply. Is there anything too wonderful for the Lord? Think about everything that had to happen hormonally in Abraham and in Sarah for them to have a baby. Okay? You guys are grown-ups. You're adults. You know what I'm talking about. That must have been a major transformation because Abraham and Sarah had the same notion. He looked at her and said, I don't feel a thing. <laughs> you know? She looked at him and said, I don't feel a thing. Something must have happened where they both felt a thing, you know. <laughs> and they were attracted to one another in that way again, and they were intimate, and they conceived the child of promise. 
Amen. Glory to God. What a wonderful miracle. We shouldn't be ashamed or embarrassed to talk about that. It's an astounding miracle. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is there anything too hard, too difficult, too marvelous, or too wonderful for the Lord? What's the answer? Absolutely not. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is too hard, too difficult, too marvelous, or too wonderful for the Lord. So imagine away whatever impossible scenario or impossible dream that you believe God has placed in your heart. The Lord is saying, imagine away. And my answer is, is there anything too wonderful for me? Amen. Glory to God. Let's talk about Jeremiah. Jeremiah had the unenviable task of being the prophet who foretold the siege and destruction of the city of Jerusalem by the Babylonian Empire in 586 B.C. After centuries of warnings by the prophets that they needed to turn away from the worship of false gods, God told Jeremiah that judgment was coming in his lifetime and it wouldn't be pretty. And when he prophesied what the Lord told him to prophesy, it wasn't exactly popular. In fact, the events recorded in the passage I'm about to read happened when Jeremiah was in prison because King Zedekiah didn't like the things he was prophesying about him or the things he was prophesying about the nation of Judah. So he was in the clink. He was in prison. Amen. But even as the siege mounts were being built up against the walls of Jerusalem and they were surrounded by the Babylonian army, God prophesied to Jeremiah that his cousin would ask him to buy a plot of land that was his to buy through inheritance. When his cousin came to him afterwards and asked him to buy the land exactly the way the Lord had shown him, he knew that the Lord was in it and there was prophetic significance in that act, in that event. Amen? Let's read Jeremiah 32. We're going to read a lot of scripture here. It's okay. We're in church. We can read the Bible in church. Jeremiah 32, 13 through 27, and then 42 to 44 in the New King James Version. Then I charged Baruch before them, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Take these deeds, both this purchase deed, which is sealed and this deed which is open and put them in an earthen vessel that they may last many days for thus says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land amen Jeremiah spoke the word of the Lord but evidently had no understanding of that word thus when he concluded his business with Baruch who was the register of deeds in Jerusalem, he sought the Lord in prayer for answers. And we read that here starting in verse 16. Now when I had delivered the purchase deed to Baruch, the son of Neriah, I prayed to the Lord saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard too difficult, too marvelous, or too wonderful for you. You show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them, the great, the mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts. 
You are great in counsel and mighty in work, for your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You have set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt to this day and in Israel and among other men, and you have made yourself a name as it is this day. You have brought your people Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and wonders, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror. You have given them this land of which you swore to their fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. And they came in and took possession of it. But they have not obeyed your voice or walked in your law. They have done nothing of all that you commanded them to do. Therefore, you have caused all this calamity to come upon them. Look, the siege mounds. They have come to the city to take it. And the city has been given into the hands of the Chaldeans who fight against it because of the sword and famine and pestilence. What you have spoken has happened. There you see it. And you have said to me, O Lord God, Buy the field for money and take witnesses. Yet the city has been given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard, too difficult, too marvelous or too wonderful for me? And then you skip on down to verse 42 For thus says the Lord, just as I have brought all this great calamity on this people, so I will bring on them all the good that I have promised them. And fields will be bought in this land of which you say it is desolate without man or beast. It has been given into the hand of the Chaldeans. Listen to this. Men will buy fields for money, sign deeds and seal them, and take witnesses in the land of Benjamin, in the places around Jerusalem, in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the lowland, and in the cities of the south. For I will cause their captives to return, says the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Jeremiah was asking the Lord, why am I buying this property if the land is about to be wasted and destroyed by the Babylonian army. What's the point? But God, through this symbolic purchase, was inviting him on a journey of imagination to ask these questions. Wouldn't it be wonderful if God would restore the nation of Judah and bring the people back into this land so that property would be bought and sold again, perhaps even that my descendants might inherit the property that I've just purchased? Wouldn't it be wonderful if vineyards were planted, houses were built, daughters were given in marriage, children were born, and the land and the people of Judah were fruitful once again? To which God was ready to reply, Is there anything too wonderful for me? Glory to God. Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too difficult or marvelous or wonderful for me? Amen. Hallelujah. Of course, I'm going to bring you back into this land. I will not leave you in captivity forever. I will bring you back here and you will once again grow and thrive as a nation. Amen. Glory to God. Now, with those two biblical stories as backdrops, I'm reminded of two scenarios that I'd like to present to you that I believe some of you 
are struggling with here this morning. Wouldn't it be wonderful if? The first scenario I want you to talk about, or I want to talk about, is you have a promise. You have a promise. Just like Abraham, God gave you a promise many years ago. But it has not come to pass as of this day. It seems like too much time has passed for God to fulfill the word that he gave you so long ago. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the time that has passed was irrelevant? That just when you think your dream will never come to pass, suddenly God brings it to pass in a way that you never dreamed possible. Amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that happened in 2018? In a way, almost too wonderful to imagine, to which God is ready to reply, is there anything too wonderful for me? The next scenario that we could probably all identify with is you messed up. Just like Judah, you were living for God at one time, pursuing the plan of God for your life. His favor was operating powerfully in your life. Then you departed from the ways of God. And you went your own way. And things got all messed up. And it seems like your wrong turns and the mistakes that you made will prevent God from bringing to pass the dreams and the desires that you know he placed in your heart. Wouldn't it be wonderful if none of the past mattered? That your future was bright because God had a plan that even leveraged the mistakes that you made to humble you and cause you to be completely dependent upon him in all your endeavors. Wouldn't it be wonderful now that you're completely dependent upon him if God poured out his supernatural favor in your life like never before so that your dreams come to pass in a way that's almost too wonderful to imagine? Wouldn't it be wonderful if that began to manifest in 2018? Amen. Hallelujah. To which God replies, Is there anything too wonderful for me? Here's one on a personal note. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your youngest daughter and your son-in-law put their marriage back together in such a way that it was stronger than it ever was before? like they'd never been separated. Wouldn't it be wonderful? To which God is replying, is anything too hard for me? Is anything too difficult, too marvelous, or too wonderful for me? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing is too difficult for thee, O Lord. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too difficult. I want to leave you with a saying that I came up with years ago. It's a combination of Jeremiah 32, 17 and an old worship chorus that we used to sing back in the 80s. Some of you weren't even born. And this song often comes out of me. It's, it's not really a song. It's more, of a, it's more of a poem, a saying. And it often comes out of me when I've been praying in the Spirit and also when I'm facing impossible odds or difficult circumstances. This seems to always rise to the surface in my heart. Now, you can use mine because I'm going to share it with you. 
if you like, or you can come up with your own. But I highly recommend that you have a go-to declaration that you go to when times are tough. When you're facing impossible odds. When it doesn't seem like the word of the Lord is going to come to pass. This is what I say. This is what rises in my spirit. Oh, Lord God, maker of all things, the vast expanse of the universe, the farthest reaches of space in the ages of time. Is there anything too hard for thee? Is there anything too difficult for thee? Is there anything too wonderful for thee? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing is too hard for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too wonderful for thee. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. 